the film series that won't die. Over 40 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. If there's even that much of a connection. Hey, welcome back to the Amityville Podcast. <laughs> this week we're doing uh, Amityville Thanksgiving, which is uh, happily for free on YouTube right now. There's also a rental option, so this may not be for free for very much longer. So hopefully by the time that yeah, you guys are listening to this, it will still be free. Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving is not really that much of a big horror movie. It's really not. I know Eli Roth just left whatever movie he was working on. This is legit. Oh wait. Okay, so he was going to be doing the full movie, but now he's not. No, he. Well, he's he was doing the movie. I think he shot the movie, and it's at the tail end of post. Like, it's either about to go into post production or it was going to go into reshoots, and he's not taking part in that. Oh boy. In order to do the Thanksgiving movie, or maybe he is. Oh. I don't know. He's, oh, oh, oh. He so just he's finished what a movie. He was doing to work on the Thanksgiving movie. He just wrapped a movie and is diving immediately into Thanksgiving. Uh, his segment from the Grindhouse uh, double feature from Tarantino and Rodriguez. He had the short trailer. Yeah. He's making that as a whole movie, but. It was weird because a lot of the arg- uh, the articles that I saw were implying that he was not finishing his role on whatever he had just wrapped. Really? He might be. I don't know. Uh, because entertainment news is notoriously terrible. This is true. I like when I saw the headline that Eli Roth was finishing is like is going to make the full Thanksgiving movie. I was like, well, I'll believe that when I see, you know, the entire film. Yeah. in a movie theater or something like that because yeah like how, how like what's your favorite uh in development IMDB page like there's like always like oh at least Lord. like 12 movies that are li- that IMDB lists that like oh no this is in development parentheses for realsies this time mm-hmm. I promise um well I mean development hell is just such a no no no, no, no deep no. catalog okay like, but like don't oh. get lost in Louise, buddy. Stay with me. All right, all right. Um, I don't know. Um, you go first while I brainstorm. Forbidden Zone. Forbidden Zone Two. Really? They are always saying that that is in development. It's not in development. No. It's not in any stage of development. No. It's never going to be made. No. So that's a good go. That's one of my favorite go-tos. It's like whenever I, mm. I, I'm bored, masochistic, and looking up trivia about Forbidden Zone, which is one of the best movies that I hate watching, <laughs> or one of like the the worst movies that I love watching. Yeah, that movie's a mixed bag of it's very problematic. Um, great soundtrack, Oingo Boingo. Oh, sorry, the Royal Order of the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Correct. Later shortened by the end of their run to just Boingo. Yeah. I mean, for a stretch, there was the idea of a second Blues Brothers, and then that happened after a lot of studio tinkering. Sure, sure. Um, Ghostbusters 3 was a huge one. Um, There, I don't know. Like, there was. I I bet there's like a handful of like good ones that I would always be like, but maybe. Maybe. Ideas of. You know, sequels tends to be, like, top of the list, but that's kind of been overdone. I will say that I was very bummed that 
it was never officially declared dead, even though it 100% is by now. Ben Edlund's remake of uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians. He was... He was going to do that wow. at one point. That was in Dear development. God. That was in very active <laughs> development. But at a convention, I asked him, and he's flat out said, oh, God, do they still have that listed as in development? No, I think we all realized what a bad idea that was. I mean, it's not a good one. It would be fascinating. Oh, yeah. But no. Yeah. If I'm going to trust anyone with this is a bad idea, let's make it, it's Ben Adland. Yeah. But he would. It would be watchable. Like it would be worth watching. It'd be hysterical. Yeah, not wor- not watchable, but worth watching. He would know the bad idea part of it, and that's what we would lean in on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, there, there's not a lot of actual Thanksgiving horror. There's blood rage. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the one with the drive-in, or no? That's, yeah, it yeah. Start, it's yeah. the twins that starts in the drive-in. Now, that kind of, like, falls under, uh, like, this would be, like, the Thanksgiving version of the is it a Christmas movie argument, because it takes pl- it definitely takes place on Thanksgiving. But it's not about Thanksgiving. It's not, like, he's using a carving knife for most of it, but... Okay, I mean, so, like, there's nods, but, again, it yeah. doesn't leave... It doesn't feel like a Christmas movie like Die Hard and Gremlins feel like Christmas movies. Right. And that's a huge part of it is that Die Hard and Gremlins embrace the holiday. It's not just a setting. It's not just a background detail. Um... No, not a lot of Thanksgiving horror. There's a lot of horror movies made out of leftovers. Hey, spare parts. I see what you did. So, <laughs> I mean, well, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Oh. That's that's leftovers. That's a leftovers movie. Yeah. Um, uh, we're recording this on Friday the 13th weekend, and I do enjoy and or miss the old habit of the sequel start the first five to ten minutes of the sequel being the last five to ten minutes of the previous film because it would never like they almost never pertain to anything afterwards and yet it's like hey we're eating up time Mm -hmm. and you know under the guise of well people would be lost without knowing what happened we can't just start them fresh are they going to understand who this Jason character is yeah I was trying to explain yes they will that's how you got them in the theater yeah Yeah. I was trying to explain a lot of the Friday 13th movies to people at work this week and nobody understood that like 2, 3, and 4 happen over the course of maybe 5 days at most, it was a weekend. It was yeah. one weekend. He just keeps getting back up. It's yeah. insane. That was one long weekend, and then by five, they're talking about this like long reign of terror. Yeah. It was not. Um, it was extensive, though. It was extensive. It was brutal. No. But it was one weekend. But it was one. And the guy did get killed. He did get killed. Yeah. But I- and then supernaturally raised. Yeah, he did. But uh, yeah, thank uh, God for Jason. But anyway, I right. feel like that was a whole thing, especially before uh, the mid '90s, when you had actual serialized television. So the need for a previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm. like this was there previously on. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, but we never used to get that. No, we were just you were just assumed to. Uh, 
Hey, maybe this, maybe we'll explain it at some point, or maybe we won't. Just yeah. let, just sit down and shut up. But watch the movie. Eat your popcorn. What do you want? Yeah. Well, TV was shot for syndication at that point, so it's like we're going to show the episodes in whatever order. If you're having a running plot line, make sure the characters just talk about the stuff they need to know before it comes up again. Yeah. But yeah, like the recap. No, totally not a thing. For a long while. Home for the holidays. Shot in Baltimore. But it... it Thanksgiving. That, that's a horror movie. <laughs> I mean, it is dealing with family at the holidays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's no, no, that, no, that, no, no. Holly Hunter and Robert Downey Jr. And uh, Jodie Foster directed it. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a, it was filmed in Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, Jodie Foster shot that and Little Man Tate, I believe, here. She's she not liked, from here. Though. No, but I think when they were doing Silence of the Lambs, she might have hmm. learned to love us. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. I didn't know she directed Little Man Tape. I'm 90% sure. Hmm. And if I'm wrong, uh, oh, I we do. have figured out the email address. I'm saying this is a bluff. I think we have. <laughs> All right. Avalon, another big Baltimore movie. That takes place over several Thanksgivings. Like, that's the, oh, that's the recurring yeah. holiday. It's Maybe a, it's more a, that Baltimore's a Thanksgiving town. That Baltimore's a Thanksgiving <laughs> town. I and mean, yet, none of these movies mention the Turkey Bowl for either Calvert Hall and Loyola or City Poly or no. other rivals. Well, children. Avalon's not going to do it because they're all Jewish. City Poly is not Catholic's high school's per se, so at least there's a chance. Well, that was like one of the great things about Avalon is because uh, the family's Jewish. We It doesn't get bogged down in Christmas stuff. It's just we're doing the American holiday because Avalon is the story of America and the horror is existential. Fair. Mm. Love that movie. But you can only watch it like once a year so that you don't end up crying. Planes, trains, and automobiles. This is a Thanksgiving movie. It's a Thanksgiving movie, and it's the horrors of travel, but it is not what we would consider a horror No, it is not. Even though you see the skeletons of both characters. And uh, John Candy is the devil. Ah, (laughs) you know what? We're going to count it for our purposes. Yeah. yeah. All right, so far, the best Thanksgiving horror movie to date is Planes, trains, and automobiles. Runner-up, Blood Rage. (laughs) Even then, it's kind of a distant second. I mean, it's. I like that movie. It's all right. It's a silly, silly, silly little slasher. This is why you hate number Friday Thirteenth Part Five. You don't like slashers. I like (laughs) slashers. I like slashers that do more than just say, "Here's a character who is now dead." Here's another character who is now dead. I, I don't want a montage. You are giving such short shrift. It's not just here's a character and now they're dead. It's here's a character, look at their breasts, and now they are dead. You say that, <laughs> but how many characters do you actually get that experience with out of the 20 that are killed? Are there 20 people get killed? 20 killed in that movie. Well, Joey is so annoying that he just gets killed by somebody else. And Vic, you you understand. Well, he doesn't get killed, but he kills people. Uh, was it uh, mental health uh, transpo guy and his girl and his waitress girlfriend? We know what their jobs are and that they like cocaine. And she exposes herself in the bathroom to herself. She was getting changed. 
That's the excuse they use, yeah. She didn't want to go on a date in her waitress uniform. She literally it's like the stares in the mirror just shy of staring at the camera and yeah. says, it's showtime. Because she's proud of her body. Like, don't get me wrong. The, 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 the nudity in all of the Friday the 13th movies is gratuitous. But oh, you picked absolutely. the one. You picked the one where she had a legit reason to get changed. I'm just saying, of the characters <laughs> that get naked in the movie, which is not as many as you've established. Oh, well, there's a... Uh, supposed. The, there is the uh, the picnic blanket love scene. After picnic blanket love scene. And uh, finally, uh, Robin. Uh, after she turns down Stuttering Joe. That's three out of 20. Yeah. It's not as big a ratio as we remember. And uh, the pseudo-older sister, blonde-haired, second-in-command at the halfway house, is running around in a wet blouse the entire time. Like in the 80s way. In that... <laughs> not the Jessica Biel way. That's what I was about to bring up. Um... So I'm, that's three and I'm, I'm giving it three and a half. All right. I'm just saying the ratio is not as strong as we would like to remember. I, I, mean, I don't need every, I don't need every single pair. I'm just they're they're spread out so that you know we keep the wheel spinning down the hill. <laughs> and my argument is nudity or not, that movie has some massive. Why the hell do I care about anybody in this? Problems. I, I still. I don't understand why you're like this is a sticking point for this one, but not any of the other slashers that you like. It is a sticking point for some of the other ones. This is the most egregious. Fair. It's 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 or it's on the it's high on the list of really you didn't care. You just were just you were just doing kill after kill after kill, and yeah, that's something that pulls me out of horror movies. It was Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. <laughs> but part six is a masterpiece. Part six is special. It is. It uh, it, uh, it like it is better than pretty much all of them. Yeah, it's it's literally my favorite. I don't disagree. Yeah, good because it's my opinion. No, I don't disagree with it being oh, somebody's right. favorite. Gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense. Zero breasts. Yeah. But a hell of a ride. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. No, wholeheartedly. Like the only one, only ones I genuinely don't like are three and nine. So this is why I'm confused. Hmm. Like five grew on me. Five I thought was weird for the longest time, and then I realized, oh well, it's weird, but it's a good Friday the Thirteenth. Three is three just sucks. Three's not good. Three's in lo- in definitely in the bottom echelon. I haven't seen nine in so long. I have to give it a fair watch before I really rank it. That's fair. But now five is definitely like really bottom of my list for the series. <sighs> oh, that is surprising. But anyway, yeah. Thanksgiving. We're watching Amityville Thanksgiving, which, I mean, they have to have it, like, every year. You would think. It does kind of remind me of, um, what was it, uh, Amityville The Next Generation with the the art co-op, where, like, the whole, it all culminates in uh, Keys. You remember Keys? Oh, God, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keys uh, is, uh, his art installation is a family dinner that will be massacred. And Mm. so you get, like, the whole big family dinner scene. Okay. Uh, Amityville, the the remake of number two, uh, had, like, that big dream sequence at the dinner table. Right, 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 right. Um, And then the the original... 
part two had like poltergeists at the dinner table. Yeah. What other ones had like the big family moments? Like that, like resemble like a Thanksgiving sort of dinner. This is one of those cases where usually a podcast would say, I'm sure there are people sitting in their car or on their exercise bike calling out answers to us. I don't think there are. I think the people listening to the show are just as blank on the history of these movies as we are by now. I just came up with three off the top of my head. Sir. No, you did. And I don't <laughs> think anyone at home is going to be calling things out that we're missing. What's this we? I came up with three. <laughs> did they have like a dinner scene in the Kim Coates one? Like they were all getting together to, to like look at or fix up the house. And they were all adults, but I don't think they had a dinner thing. But they were like my next best huh. guess. I don't know. Remember that one? Not really. That's a uh, that was. You could, it almost like that one felt like they just slapped. That was like the first like that was like a studio one that looked like we filmed this whole movie and now we're gonna put Amityville on it. You know. Yeah. But. Huh. I forget which one. Was that the Curse of the Amityville? It doesn't matter what the title was. Yeah, it's the one with Kim Coates, and then he becomes like kind of like a boiled monster thingy at the end. Oh, uh, yeah. And it has the girl from uh, Conan the Barbarian. <sighs> Good times. But not tonight. Tonight, Thanksgiving. On the YouTube. Strike while the iron's hot, and it might still be free. Otherwise, you're playing, paying three ninety nine for the privilege. Talk to you in a minute. I kind of liked it That's because of how bad it is. Like, it's so impossibly bad it became funny to me. I appreciate that. Like, like it, I, I, will, I will not defend this movie at all. I will agree with every complaint that you're about to have. But for mm. some reason, it was, I found it hilarious. You took more notes than you have taken in a while. I took, I, I took, eight, I took two whole pages of notes for this movie because everything was amazing and stupid and terrible. Everything. I'm not arguing that. <laughs> I don't think we're arguing over this one. No, we're not. We argued a lot on the front end, which I think yeah. was good. We got that out of our got system. Got it out of our system. But, but man, you look. You've got Pat's got this thousand yard stare from this movie, which I'm. This I I would wager is more reaction from any one person that's ever watched it. Possibly. I don't like, know. Your reaction is stronger than my amusement. I feel like I just, uh, end of 2001, I feel like I just went through the monolith and there's a baby me looking over a video store where there's just one Amityville movie on the shelf. Mm. And that false sense of hope. I That one works. The, lo- the, the vibe I'm getting from you is uh, from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas when Hunter Thompson gets pulled over by Gary Busey. And then oh. at the end of it, <laughs> could I just have one little kiss? I get very lonely. And then it smash cuts to Johnny Depp in the car. I felt raped. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to say internally, <laughs> I feel like in the first police academy, Ooh. when uh, the two dickhead recruits mm-hmm. uh, find their trashed car, oh. uh, there's the one who's screaming and complaining, and there's the other one standing next to him just going... Okay, so I'm that one. So you're that one. I I, I am the complaining but excited one. Maybe I just yeah. I just I am just relating to the I don't have words. So no. I mean I have words. I have a whole sh- so I have a whole sheet of them. So many words. Field. So many words. I'm gonna say Amityville Thanksgiving. <laughs> the very beginning. Yep. The first air quote Thanksgiving reference I'm pulling I don't believe this was their intention but they slowly burned the name of the movie onto the screen mm. very very slowly burned the name of the movie onto the screen it's like a very uh, low budget public access the thing logo right but as the letters are appearing I'm like Vil T because uh, it burns from the center out, so I'm going to center out. Thanks. I, all I could think of was Les Nessman reading the banner on the back of the pl- of the helicopter flying by that says "Happy Thanksgiving" from WKRP. No. Uh, turkey drop. Uh, first season episode. Les Nessman's doing a report for the station he works for, where he was sent. And sees a helicopter with a banner and is not able to piece together as he's reading it. Happy Thanksgiving from WKRP. That's the opening title for me. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, It was... They were trying to show off. They were really trying to impress you. They had a graphic. They had a graphic. Which, to be fair, is showing off. I mean, kind of. This is the most I've enjoyed any Amityville movie in quite a long time. I, like... I know. I know. Actually, yeah, I liked this more than Christmas. The I Christmas I think is better. Oh God, yes. Christmas is definitely God, better. Yes. But I got more out of how bad this movie was. All right. It, it was like entered like just it, we should okay. All right, let's stop preambling. Let's I just know. let's let's it, it's Thanksgiving. Let's it's stop th- dealing with the rolls and dive in. Yeah, meat. it's time to cut the turkey. The, Don't fill uh, up on bread. It starts with uh, random location shots of Amityville, which uh, the credits play over these. I appreciated seeing, you know, the Amityville Chamber of Commerce. Which has not been one of the movies yet, but I'm sure it's going to be now. And uh, I, I noted down for future horror that Sean Phillips was going to be in this one as well. Sean mm-hmm. Phillips was the... Uh, did he direct Karen? Yes. Okay, so he co-starred and directed Karen, uh, and he was also one of the victims in Hex. Yeah. And also, he has the cameo in The Hood. Yeah, he was uh, one of the homeless people, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm certain this is not the last we've seen of him. Oh, certainly not. (laughs) He is uh, credited on a couple of the ones that are air quote coming up, but finding release dates for a lot of these is squishy. So far, I think we're just down to two that are actually available right now. 
available, although several are listed as released. Yeah, but, but not if, if I if I can't at least pay to rent it, it's yeah. not available. Yet. If 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 it, if you're not on a service or on disc yeah. or available, you have not been released. No, but anyway. So then, we immediately cut to the first of several uh, bookending or um, framing device uh, talking heads with Dr. Frank DeMonico. Frank DeMonico is pushing, uh, I would say, mid-70s. Uh, is or a very rough 50s. He, oh, he could have lived very hard. Mm-hmm. He is I'll go with dyeing his hair. Um, yeah. And it's just you have to see a picture of this guy because mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna want you look up a picture of the guy Frank DeMonico from uh, Amityville Thanksgiving because you're gonna want a picture in your head for all of the shit that we're gonna quote from him. Imagine <laughs> take. Take your dollar store Danny Aiello. Mm, and add a lot more Ron Jeremy. A lot more Ron Jeremy. Then place that person. You've just shown up in a small town where you don't know anybody. You've found a dive bar that's pretty much just labeled bar and packaged goods. Mm-hmm. You go inside and they don't have food available, but they've got bowls of nuts and popcorn available on the counter. The entire decor is wood paneling. And he's the guy who's sitting at the end of the bar on his own when you got there, and he's there when you leave, and he has not talked to anybody all night. That's who this guy is. Yeah. And also, we forgot the most descriptive thing, which you pointed out. His face looks like dried-out cracked Play-Doh. Yeah. More prevalent (laughs) when he does his VHS testimonials. Yeah. Because of a lot of the filters they put on that really highlight every crack and wrinkle. But he looks... I mean, he looks like dried Play-Doh. This was like... That reminds me of when Robert Rodriguez was giving a presentation on... In the early days of HD film, right. like switching to that, yeah. and he like he's like Danny, come out on stage, and he brings Danny Danny Trejo comes up on the stage. Look at this face. You want digital for this face. You want to capture every single bit of character in the. Look at this man. Yeah, and it's he's got that kind of a face. Yeah. But anyway, Frank yeah. DeMonico. And, 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 I mean, with Danny Trejo in mind, not to yeah. say that. A face like that can't be distinguished and fucking badass. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Danny Trejo's Danny not has, an ugly guy or anything like no, that. No, it's just Danny Trejo's an absolute international treasure. He is, and it, like with him, it registers more as this guy has lived, yeah. whereas this is this guy is just kind of gross. Yeah, this guy has survived. Yeah, he's what terrible will keeps a, a creature like this going? As it turns out. Same. But we'll get there. He is a couples therapist and he is helping, quote, he is quote unquote helping uh, Jackie and Danny who don't have the sex life that they used to and that Jackie is demanding. Now, okay. This ja- couple is. To, it, oh, to specify, Jackie is the girl, Danny is the boy. Both of those names could go either way. Correct. And they are both in the same. 
loose demographic as our therapist. This isn't like a young couple that's being brought in. Yeah. They're they're, both, they're, they're an older couple. They're both also dive bar, like county bar regulars. Not yeah. dive, dive bar, I would say, is a different category. This sure. is more sure, 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 bar. sure, sure, sure. Um, but they're at the bar every night. They're at the bar every night. Um, they know what happened to Butchie's pickup truck, like mm-hmm. that crowd. Um, I think they come by their New York accents mm-hmm. uh, or, or Long Island accents very uh, honestly. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of accents in this film. A lot of accents. And all of the accents and the acting and the demeanor and the writing and just in general dialogue is exemplified by the three of them right off the bat with a note I put up. This, instead this of, is amazing. This is amazing. Instead of yes and, it's more of a yes so. Yes so. That's that's their version right. of improv. You called it stumblecore? Stumblecore, right. I yes. like stumblecore a lot. Uh, it's great. At the beginning, we see like the first the, the first session we see with anybody is a one on one with Dr. Frank and Jackie, and she's complaining about all of the things that uh, Danny's not doing and what she wants, and she is having so much trouble getting through what should only be three lines of dialogue, and. Like, right when she reaches a pause moment, he says, that's terrible. (laughs) And Patrick and I, this would be the first of several pauses throughout the movie uh, to laugh hysterically. Mm -hmm. Because it really just registered as the director saying, that was a terrible take. Yeah. But it, it it was left in in the film and in character. There's literally just hey, he doesn't and he doesn't touch me and then he's never there for me and he never. That's terrible. That's terrible. And then we meet Danny, and that's when we realize that this is it's not actually them, but it's the Mount Misery Road couple returned. Like, yeah, what if they like, never? What if they had survived their their trip to Amityville to find? You know the burned down hospital and to see all the orbs. Now she, her Russian accent has dropped. She's naturally like after so many years. After so many years, really she's adapted. Yeah, she is acclimated. Uh, Bushi is has oh, that's fun. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you you say you reach out for the fans. Everything is up here. Yeah. Like a steel trap of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Bougie. So. Oh, boy, that's terrible. I have it down yeah. there. And um, there's, it's never really brought up, but one of the pieces of, I'm going to call it decor or, in the house, mm-hmm. is a wooden fish yeah. hung up behind them. Imagine you yourself would always have loved a Billy Bass, but neither can you afford it, nor do you want something that lacks that personal touch. Sure. So somebody whittles a fish to put on the wall, and then not remembering what a fish face looks like, you've got the fish shape like a cat treat or like the mm-hmm. giant cookies that the polar bears gotten lost. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Except hey, with you literally, got a, you got a fish biscuit. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Take that and then literally just carve the most basic single small dot eye and smiley face to the mm. front of the fish. That's the highlighted decor of this living room. Yeah. And like through the movie, it's, it's, they try to make sure it's in frame. 
and keep in mind, gentle listeners, uh, Frank is whittling in almost every scene. So this yeah. has to be his. It has to be his. And he's he's a slow whittler because <laughs> they show us Which is not to say he's slow-witted. Which is also <laughs> true, but a separate yeah. tangent. Um, his whittling is more or less dragging the blade across the wood like the blade, the wood itself was the whetstone for another whittling project. Yeah. Uh, it's like close-ups, and you're watching him just kind of like pet the wood with the yeah. knife and not a single scrap is coming away. No. Because no. continuity or something. <laughs> Like they care. It was it was like how actors never eat the meal that they're having. Yeah. It's like you can't you, you don't but that want is, to you don't want to fill up. That's a case where you're worried about continuity. Yeah. And they are not. No, they are not. So to, we why have do a, you care now. Anyway. Pat's Pat hates this movie so much. It's really like Pat hasn't hated a movie like this in a while. It's been a while. Like we like cuz most of these we just don't have any real opinion on. Like yeah. cuz they just they don't leave that much of an impression. I don't think I've been this mad in a movie since La La Land. <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud of myself. I saw that movie with like three other people and came out of it and they were like, wow, that was amazing. And I was like, really? Because oh. it was just like whiny people getting everything that they wanted. Yeah, I hated that movie. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, the dance numbers are fine, but. You know. mm. Well, I didn't like how they kept talking, like, they kept, like, selling it as a musical, but it's like Ryan Gosling can't sing. Well, it's no. a dancing musical. That, that's I mean, not, that's, that's a dance piece. Yeah. Yeah. Suspiria is a dance piece, but it's not a musical. Exactly. And Suspiria, white people didn't save jazz music. The best, the only good thing to come out of that was like Ryan Gosling was doing the monologue on Saturday Night Live, and like somehow, like uh, part of he's talking about La La Land, and then like halfway through it, uh, Emma Stone comes out to crash it. It's like, and hey, you didn't save jazz. Pulls us, pulls out a lit cigarette from behind her. We saved jazz. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Yeah. Fun. I mean, he but, did. He did manage to uh, point out to the world that electronic jazz is not a viable option, oh. despite decades of Herbie fucking Hancock. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a flash in the pan. If we're if we're being honest. <laughs> that was Pat hitting himself, not Pat hitting me. Yep, I just want that on the record. Oh yeah. So we have our first. We're not even five minutes into this movie. I'm only two lines into my notes. I know. Uh, so we have then we have Danny's one on one with uh, Doctor Frank and Doctor Frank, ninety year old craggy weirdo, immediately goes. You know she just needs a good ravishing. She, ravage, ravage, ravage. Yeah, ravaging. Excuse me. He Danny will later use the correct word ravishing, but he like uh, Frank says ravaging, ravaging, and then says ravage, 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 ravage. Repetition works. David. And then Danny says like something like, uh, "How am I supposed to get horny when she's nagging all the time?" To which Frank says, "Well, have you thought about putting something in her mouth?" And he, they figure out, like, oh, you're what, 69? No, she wants me to do all the work. She wants me to do all the work. I was like, well, why? I'm thinking of a, no- a number, Danny. 69. 
Dr. Frank is so horny and yeah. will use all of the words you don't want to hear your grandfather use to describe what to do with that horny energy. Mm-hmm. This will be explained later. It will not make things better, but nope. there will nope, be an nope. explanation. He, su- he suggests in a middling monologue about cupping her breasts. Cupping her breasts. Doing all like two middle ages young. Like, yeah, these two like Yeah. They're middle If men were menopausal, they'd be there. Yeah. Um Which is kind explaining, of funny how horny she is. Yeah. But it's there it's a it's a they're a marriage counselor explaining first base. Yeah. Have you tried touching your wife? Well, it, it's like um, Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. The sex education. Fair. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of level of, I don't want to hear the details. Just, you know, let's just, okay. Mm-hmm. Suggest grabbing her ass occasionally. Um, unfortunately, yeah, she is nagging all the time. Yeah. Because she's a piece of shit. They're really not fun. And, like, you see the... They're supposed to be in Dr. Frank's cabin, which Dr. Frank appears to never actually leave. Because maybe he's supernatural or something or yeah, not. Or well, who knows or whatever. It's but. weird because... Well, he's always... No, he the, goes to a park. He's in the he, he's in the park, but, like, he's always in the kitchen. Yeah. Which is, appears to be the kitchen of the cabin. But uh, then... Um, so there are so he leaves them alone to you know work on their marriage and to bone in his cabin, uh, and then uh, well they're, they they take like a little walk in the backyard and start freaking out on each other and it's like it's the same conversation over and over again, babe I want to fuck babe I don't want to fuck why don't you want to fuck I don't know what what do I care yeah it, it just goes on and on forever as if as if there was a very poor translation of a married with children episode run mm-hmm. through like three languages remove all jokes and just wife wants to sex I want mm-hmm. to not sex yeah but I would like sex but wife Yeah. That would have been good to watch. Better to watch. It would have been. Uh, In the middle of the walk through the backyard, Mm -hmm. um, as they're griping about this, that, and the other argument that, again, don't really line up because solid improv. Uh, What? Should I just pick up this wood here? And they just cut to some sticks and a couple of boards laying in the middle of the field. Yep. At which point they start talking about all the corpses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny thinks that uh, Dr. Frank is murdering people. Which is correct. Which is oddly correct. But based on a couple of sticks and boards in the middle of the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Dr. Frank is visited by Dr. Baron Richards, another couples therapist who keeps talking about his former patient's uh, leaving his practice and going to be treated by Dr. Frank. There's a lot of bad grammar and word choice uh-huh. in all of this. It's just like, yeah. how, do you, like how do you know word? But apparently, Joe and Linda Martin have not been seen in over a year. No, they have disappeared. They have disappeared. Uh, um, the now, last person that saw them was Dr. Frank DeMonico. Um, now, when actual doctor shows up, he knocks at the back door and air quote Dr. DeMonico says, come in. <laughs> to which point we reverse angle and he's just inside 
outside the door. Yep. Matt shot, like, no door open or closed noise. He just teleported in real quick. Yes, he does. And it's... I know it's a small detail that they were probably like, nobody's going to notice that. I noticed it, and it was, it, I laughed. I, I, I think I... Yeah. The, this was just one of the many bricks in the wall of your hatred for this yeah. movie. But it's, it is very... There's amateurish, and then there's this movie. Yeah. I barked like a dog that... Tail was just stepped on, I think, when I, that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, he's talking about, like, the redhead that disappeared. Um, there was an inquiry, then... I just... Oh, my God. I don't, I don't like any of my notes. <laughs> well, yeah, because it, it gets very poor. There's a lot... Um, so we cut back to... Uh, Danny and Jackie in the backyard they're still wandering around and they stumble upon a Ouija board in like just some loose it was under the porch yeah there was a hole of. there was a hole in the um, the wall like yeah the, where the men the cross hatching or whatever yeah um I can't remember. I don't, yeah, it, it's like, like it was this just, weird little, like, it's your backyard scrap heap thing. The stuff that you're going to throw away, but you yeah. haven't gotten to yet. But this was literally, like, the um, trellising yeah, under yeah, a yeah. porch. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a obvious hole. It's not to go back to the Looney Tunes thing of the part of the cliff that Wally Coyote is standing on that's different. But, like, mm-hmm. there's just this giant hole, and they just walk over, reach in. Uh, the game on Price is Right, where you punch a hole in the paper and you pull out the prize. Sure. It's that setup. Yeah. And I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. And so they find a Ouija board. Danny's excited, and he's going to bring it inside. Jackie is not having any of this. And oh boy, do we get to hear her yell about it. And man, yeah. her voice is whatever the opposite of mellifluous is. It's, it's the sound of angels singing. But... Biblically accurate angels. No. <laughs> With like their seven throats unleashing the note that cannot be heard. That's the one. Oof. It's like a hundred recorders from 50 untrained middle schoolers. <laughs> the brown noise. And it's at this point that Baron Richards pops out of no- seemingly nowhere to warn them about Frank DeMonico and to ask if they've seen anything weird and know about Joe and Linda Martin. Mm-hmm. He proves his uh, bona fides by flashing them but not us, his therapy badge. Yeah, it, it's almost as, like, it's somehow worse than when uh, Sam and Dean Winchester show their IDs yeah. whenever they appear on anything. Well, like, they know to do it with, qu- like, speed and flair. Yeah. Well, I, I always go back to the best one where they're the uh, teddy bear inspectors for the girl whose teddy bear has come to life. And <laughs> Sam is just like very blatantly, ha, 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 don't get a good look at this. Uh-huh. Let us in the house to see your bear who's suffering from uh, unquenchable uh, ennui. <laughs> God, when that show was on, it was on. It was the first five seasons. First five seasons, amazing. Yeah. Scattered results Your your mileage will vary afterwards, which I think everybody involved is uh, a front about that. Yeah. There's a very cute one. Somebody tweeted out, or Michael Rosenbaum tweeted out a picture. Apparently, they were all at a con together, and it's uh, Michael Rosenbaum, Tom Welling, Jensen Ackles, and Jared Padalecki. And I was like, oh, look at those CW boys. (laughs) Hey, we made this network. Yeah. God damn it. Michael Rosenbaum just looks so much better when he's got hair. It's really... 
Yeah. He just does. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's, it's still... Uh, it's yeah. still... Sometimes I don't recognize him still. No, but no, you don't. Because it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, Lex. But anyway. So... Jackie and Danny aren't having any of it, which is, like, kind of okay. Like, that's... They shouldn't trust this dude. They're wrong, and they're gonna die, but they're not wrong about that, which, yeah. you know, credit point, points. Uh, so, Jack, so uh, Danny wants to investigate Dr. Frank's laptop. Jackie wants to go up and fuck. Mm. Uh, the laptop has been conveniently left in the middle of the room. It has. It has the living too. room, yeah, sorry. Which, I mean, this is just, you know... Uh, rule number one, if you're a sketchy weirdo, or even not even a sketchy weirdo, if you're just a person that has anything that they don't want seen, don't leave your laptop out. Mm-hmm. Just to do it. I swear to God, if we get one Hunter Biden comment, I swear. Ugh. Poor Hunter. Uh, so, yeah, he's watching this other couple's, um... Well, yeah, so Jackie goes up, and then he goes on to the, uh... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. Because he's watching the footage while she goes up and finds the turkey costume. Well, first she's... Yeah, he's watching... They're, like, he wants to watch Joe and Linda Martin's uh, therapy session. Right. She says, let's go up and have sex. Uh, she goes up, and then he tries... He fiddles around a little bit more, and we see 30 seconds of, I guess, public-use porn? Remember, there's just that footage of the girl stroking the the, the topless dude? Yeah. And it's just... And, like, and that's not, it. No, and that's no actual it. nudity, but no. it's like, like just a weird BDSM insert of girl in... Looked like dark leather and a yeah. muscular topless guy that she was stroking the chest of. Yeah. And they are not characters that come back anywhere else. They're not nope. referenced. No, we not. see video footage of other couples that have been in this house. This was... This was not that. Yeah. I don't so, know. he then begrudgingly goes upstairs, and yes, that is where we find the turkey outfit. Because it's a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. Danny says no, mercifully. Mm-hmm. And then they go to bed. And then, uh... Does she have a bad dream? Or no, she no, wakes... he can't sleep. Well, she wakes him up... Right. ...to uh, have sex. And then after he's woken up, he can't sleep. Right. Then he goes so- downstairs and is... Uh, about to futz around with the Ouija board when Brain Guy from Mystery Science Theater shows up. <laughs> I knew that would get you. Yeah. I knew it would get you. I we knew take, it would like, get you. We definitely take secret notes here and there. <laughs> yeah. And it's, dude, that's totally. That was 100% what he was. It was oh Brain Guy. God. It was, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but then, but then, but then he hypnotizes Danny and tells him to have sex with his wife and then kill, then kill each other. And, I hate to say it. This is more Amityville than the movies we've seen in quite a while. Where the family member is told to murder his other family members by a demonic presence. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I hate it. I hate it too. No, no, you're right. You're right. This movie is a legit Amityville movie. He pulls the pump-action riot shotgun off of the top of one of the cabinets. They have a Mossberg. Like, it's not a hunting rifle. It's not a shotgun. It is a... Or, it's a shotgun, but it's a Mossberg Mm pump-action shotgun. That's just on top of one of the cabinets. Yeah, for home protection. Yeah. 
Uh, this is after they have very loud and unsettling sex. Don't worry, it's Tromaville type sex where nobody, like, he takes his shirt off, but then he's just laying on her. Yeah. And then they are MacGruber grunting? Yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you who have seen the movie MacGruber, the love scene when it cuts away from the fantasy side of things, that. If you have not seen the MacGruber movie, see it immediately, then go and watch the series that they put out last year or the year before. I think the year before. Yeah. It does. Um, but either way, watch all all of the MacGruber. Because MacGruber. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, at this point, we made the mistake of pausing it for, or rewinding it for reasons, I forget which, and realized that we were only 30 minutes into the movie. We rewound it to double check her phone. Oh, right. Uh, because <laughs> um, Modern Story Wife is making a phone call from what looks like a full early model iPad. It's just gigantic, and she's holding yeah. it to her face. Mm hmm. As if that, like, as if that's like, as if the microphone is in the middle of this thing instead yeah. of, you know, at the bottom or I mean, at the top. <clears throat> whatever version of somebody trying to make a phone call with a tablet, whatever you have in your head, imagine it's a little less thought through and awkward. Yeah. A little less through, comma, and it is awkward. Sorry. And then we get so then we cut cut back to Dr. Frank's confessional. And that's what we learned that Frank Dr. Frank is aware of everything that is going on and everything is going according to plan because he is a lecherous weirdo creepy guy. This is what we thought at the time. Yeah. It, it will turn out to be much worse. Um and then uh I guess they watch Danny and Jackie watch the gay couple therapy session but it cuts to the the gay couple therapy session they do cut to it yeah um but that like whether people are watching things are gonna just happen in the movie and they're just gonna present them to you and sometimes it's justified and sometimes yeah. it's not the quote unquote narrative starts falling apart and then it just becomes things happening so oh, that was back at the beginning. But. That's true. But the gay couple is uh, our, our appearance of Sean Phillips and his uh, partner. In, he's playing Jeremy. His partner is Enrique, a uh, fairly large black man. And uh, what was funny for me uh, was at, fir at first what was funny for me was this was the best acting in the film. They were at, they, they are ad-libbing this... Uh, uh, relationships spat really well. They have re they have like specific things that they're annoyed about. They're not repeating themselves overly bad, and uh, they're getting the point across. What made it even funnier was it was like two to three minutes into like a six minute riff when you realized that they were a couple. Right. <laughs> but to their credit, they weren't being like overtly sassy. Or yeah, they weren't doing like they fancy voices or stereotypes. They weren't. As completely over the top and single note as every other character in the movie, so it took a moment to realize we had to look at something. Yeah. But it was still kind of funny for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was like immediately, it was like, oh, gay couple. Cool. 
but they're they're having relationship troubles. Jeremy thinks that Enrique is cheating on him because he's doing all sorts of duck face selfies and putting them out on the internet when that used to just be our thing. Yeah. Was, I thought it was good. Yeah. No. Um and then he says this <laughs> they talk about how they tried BDSM stuff to spice up their sex life and apparently neither of them actually wanted to do it and Jeremy has the great line of uh, saying it's like I didn't want you to whip my hams right loved it and then we cut back I, I guess this is part of this was uh, part of uh, Dr. Frank's larger confessional because then it cuts to him where he reveals that he's eating all of these people yeah, out of nowhere. This is the first time, and like for the most part, he's had these video insert confessionals where he's just talking about, I don't know what's going on, and these people are little, like, oh, you're not supposed to know that in the movie, and then he just is like flat out, oh yeah, I cooked him one guy up, and I fed it to the other one, and then I ate what was left, and then I ate, cut him up, and I've still got leftovers from him. I eat all these people. Sure, why not just dump that in the middle of your movie? Uh, again, tell, not show. He, is, um, he's he just explains, sure, I eat these people. He's so matter-of-fact about it and nonchalant. It's just like, yeah, I gotta eat. It's cheaper this way. Is it, though? I don't know. I gotta feel like it is not. Well, if the only people that are coming around asking questions are Richard or Baron Richards like a year later, I don't think he's in much trouble. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I do. I don't. I I love. I I love forcing Patrick to think about this movie and have an opinion. So, (laughs) so we cut to the Grim Reaper uh, brain guy banging the somebody in the turkey costume. Then, oh no, those are the Martins. Oh, that's the Martins doing that. Yeah, they explain that later that the Martin or Frank explains that the Martins in an attempt to spice up their sex life or reignite it, they brought they, it's their turkey outfit and so they're the turkeys banging. Jackie but goes the Reaper upstairs. I don't know, I guess the I don't Reaper think, was. I the guess other the one? Reaper is Joe. Okay. Because like Danny ends up being one of the guys as well and stuff. But um, Jackie goes upstairs. It cuts back to the quote-unquote present. It really starts falling apart. Uh, Goes upstairs and sees the ghosts of the Martins uh, having sex with the turkey outfit, which I guess is a nod to uh, the shinning. We don't want to be sued with the with the bear. I guess, yeah. But I feel like on paper that's where it started. Oh, that's what they were hoping it was, right? But it ain't. It ain't. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then turkey it, sick. Yeah, I wrote it down. It's the Martins. And then in another confessional, uh, he says he beat them with a stick until their flesh fell off. Yeah, because that's how um, that's how beatings work. Yeah. And then she did not have any interest in his demon spawn or anything, because so he killed her too. Yeah, because it turns out Frank is some sort of demon, and he is trying to impregnate a woman to have demon babies. Yeah. So Danny's been kicked out and killed or hypnotized or permanently hypnotized off screen. Frank comes back over and uh, really puts the moves on Jackie and and he has been really hitting on her and trying to fuck her the whole movie. But it finally works. She goes upstairs to get ready and then 
a two-dimensional, like, just drawn onto the film snake evil demon tongue comes out of Frank's mouth. I'm going to be generous and say it was at least seven different images created for this animation. Yeah. Played in weird loops. Yeah. Oh, but, nice. like, I mean, they looped it. Like, they wanted to show this tongue off. Yeah. Um, but... She gets a call from HUSBAND! Yep. Her phone rings, and the screen, in all caps, shows the caller ID is labeled to HUSBAND. Yeah. I think people do. Their marriage is really in trouble. (laughs) But then uh, we cut back to Frank's confessional, where he matter-of-factly says, I put my demon seed inside of her. I don't understand why you don't love this movie as much as I do. (laughs) And then he explains that Dr. Baron Richards has already been murdered and his jawbone is, like, hanging on his wall somewhere. Yeah. Because it's at this point that we started to figure out that, like, these, uh... Cut to Frank's talking heads are, like, after all of the events of the movie and or some sort of confessional. But then we get flashbacks, too. Well, it's hard to tell because we're not told when things are happening in the movie as they're happening. Mm -hmm. But the confessional videos are time-stamped as 2022, despite having, and I've complained about this on other ones from these same, this same collective the VHS logo in the bottom right corner showing its VHS tape Um, there's VHS artifacting Um, you had pointed out the like tracking lines Um, you pointed them out going top to bottom and I noticed them going left to right which is not a thing no but they do later say and show that this is all on VHS because sure because sure but then we get we we get a flashback to Dr. Baron Dr. Baron Richards or Richard Baron whatever okay that doesn't matter Baron confronts Dr. Frank who's still who's whittling in his kitchen and uh, air quotes around whittling air quotes around whittling because this is where there's a long insert shot of just Mm -hmm. stroking lovingly stroking a piece of wood with a knife yeah and not in a kink way. I mean, I mean, it was it was working. Not in the other kink. Well, it was working for me. <laughs> I'll let the statement float. Interpret how you need. Yeah. Um, Frank is unimpressed with uh, with Baron's threats, and then six either Brain Guy or Danny on him and they uh, thwack Baron right in the face and we get this pretty good jaw hanging off appliance yeah it looked gross Uh, I appreciated it Uh, but then we get the title card one year Uh, before that there was the peeking out the back door and the weird hell gate right Jackie goes out the back door and there's a gate to hell yeah and that's next to the last thing we ever see of Jackie. Right. And when we say gate to hell, it's footage of a gate and they have tinted the sky red. It really could have just been the gates at to uh, Arkham Asylum in Batman the Animated Series. Kind of, yeah. And there's no Ron Palillo to really highlight the hell gate. Nope. No, 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 no. Nothing. 
so one year later, my deepest cut in the episode yet. I what is who's Ron Palua? Uh, he was Horshack in Welcome Back, Cotter. He was the buddy at the beginning of Friday Thirteenth yeah, Part Six. Yeah. He oh, was in a he's movie. In that movie. Hellgate from uh, from Hellgate. Oh, that was what that was called. Yeah. I for, I, have, I remember seeing the movie. Why ago? It was it, we, you guys showed it at Mondo. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to see his ass in that movie. Oh God, that's right. It was not yeah. that exciting. But anyway, uh, so we cut to one year later, and gentle listeners, you have to understand the. Immediate rush of excitement only to be followed by crushing disappointment when it's like one year later and you see like a news uh, news logo and it's like, oh, is it our British guy, John Walker, coming back again? No, it's not John Walker doing the news. It's not. Some other guy, Jack West. West. Explaining that the stakes are high for Delmonico. Demonico, Dr. Demonico, and that is at 53 minutes of a 75 minute movie when we realized that Dr. Frank's name was Dr. Demon the entire time. Mm hmm. It's a way homer. Hey, I don't know. I'm already home. <laughs> that you are, that you are. <laughs> oh, Glenn. But. <laughs> you watch yourself, Mr. McDonough. You watch yourself. That's Mordecai. He's a, <laughs> that Buford's a sly one. <laughs> Already knows his ABCs. Right. Watch you don't hurt yourself, Mordecai. That's that one. <laughs> That's right. We could have been watching Raising Arizona. I can watch it in my head at That's any point. That's a good point. That's a good point. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, there's what's right. There's what's right. Never the tween shall be. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So, Jack West explains that uh, Dr. DeMonico may be in serious trouble because there's, what, 50 separate investigations into this guy and nobody can put put any sort of uh, serious evidence against him. So, I guess that counts as trouble. Okay. I know. I know you've checked yeah. out. We're almost, oh, we're no, almost no. there, baby. And there's, we're almost and, there. And for those of you sometimes I am literally just staring at my notes and gesturing, uh, which, again, not great for radio, but it's all I've got for some of this. Well, this is when the movie really goes full uh, Amityville hex and or COVID filming, where... There's almost no more. There's like one or two shots of like a uh, an actual camera filming like action, and then everything else is just these confessionals into a camera. Yeah, or talking, talking head pieces. Into a yeah, yeah. Um, so the newscaster gets uh, like shows footage. <laughs> This one's really great. He says that uh, one of Dr. DeMonico's former patients, who does not want to be named for fear of uh, repercussions, explained that his girlfriend, Petra Smith, they named the girlfriend. It's couples counseling. Yeah. Frank's going to know who it was. And so much of this movie, so much of the dialogue in this movie reeks of, well, I heard this line in a movie before. There's also a lot of, so what's my scene? Well, you say something like this. Okay, does it need to match anything? We'll figure it out. Okay. So you're not worried about continuity? No. No. 
Because when they cut to the testimonial, the guy talks about it, his girlfriend, Petra. Petra. Not Petra. No, Petra. 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 Very specifically different. Mm -hmm. But it's okay because they were... they. This might not be the same situation because he was seeing Dr. Demonico. Yep. This is not the worst continuity error that we're going to find. No, but I would assume that the actors in the one scene were dealing with the same director as the actors in another scene who may have said, by the way, there's a pronunciation. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. This was uh, written, directed, cinematographered, edited, and uh, everything else he could put his name on by uh, Will Colazzo. Colazzo or Colazzo? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother to pronounce oh, yeah, it right. Yeah, yeah. If his characters can't get names right, I am not worried about You're it. You're meeting the man on his own terms, and I, I feel think like that's, that's perfect. Yeah, yes, I, I completely agree. Um, so after uh, oh, no, oh. so he's talking about his girlfriend Petra, Petra, who stayed behind for some more therapy after he bugged out, yeah. and says she came home missing. Yep, and explains that she came home missing, and then wasn't answering calls, wasn't home, all that. Okay, we'll move on. If you yeah. don't see the problems there, you're on your own. Uh. And then uh, we start seeing footage of a woman walking down a park, and this is intercut with doc, with a uh, reporter jet or it's he's a newscaster, like reading the news, and then all of a sudden, like later, he'll be described as a columnist. Uh, but either way, Jack West finds a VHS cassette in his office and literally says, "Where did this come from? When did this get here?" Oh, it got here yesterday. And this VHS cassette consists of Frank's confessional. This is what... Fra- We've been Fra- watching through the... Yeah. Exactly. The, the framing device now, has apparently been reporter Jack West watching this video. Now, was reporter Jack West... Uh, did he find the video in the context of a news report or off-air? Off-air. It appeared to be his, his office. Appeared to be. When he was on-air... Did it appear that he was talking to the camera, to the crew behind the scenes, or to whatever? It appeared that he was very poorly reading from cue cards off camera. Okay. But, like, far off camera. Like, at least a 20-degree tilt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But he had, like, the phony baloney uh, news background. Remember what the... Uh, right. There was the background, and there was the lower third, but, yeah. the like, his eyeline was definitely... It was all over the place. Yeah. And a cold read, to say the least. Yes. So then, after... So, Frank, talking into the, the VHS cassette, seemingly still at this point, uh, now he's got a... Uh, and then a uh, like a respirator inhaler thing, a little nose cannula, uh, because apparently he's dying now. Um, now that he's got twenty or thirty bodies piled up, it's time to retire. It's time to retire, but not before I get one last me- one last meal, Jack. Your daughter is coming, and I'm going to eat her. Yeah, so on the tape that he just found is the guy in the park right now about to meet his daughter 
on the case that he sent her on to yeah. debate. So, again, I don't know how timey-wimey shit works in these movies, it's but... It's Jeremy Bearing Exactly. Goddamn time knife. Yeah. You could have warned me about the time knife. And, I'm sorry, the time knife? <laughs> God bless you, good place. So, we cut from that news report because, obviously, Jack Webb... West. Jack West. Jack West. Jack West. <laughs> How rude of me to get his name wrong. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, Eugene Tolerance, not Torrance. No, Tolerance. Um, comes on and starts complaining. On, on Amityville Public Access. On Amityville Public Access, uh, which is on, shown in superimposed onto a CRT TV with his head squished for some reason. It's I cannot discern. It's like. It's weird. It is. It, it's a choice. It's a dumb choice. I, I, you know what? I agree. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel like I had to go all, all, on such a limb there and say that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's complaining I'll, I'll about that. how I'll, Jack's fly-by-night uh, reporting may not be what this case needs. Yeah. Jack, he said... Did, what, what um, did you say? It was uh, Eugene Tolerance was talking about Jack's reporting. Of Jack who? Aha. Well, according to my notes, Jack Tolerance. That's, that's my notes as well. Eugene Tor- Tolerance says, uh, noted columnist Jack Tolerance. No, no relation. relation. Is, uh, Buster Bunny. Uh, was he, has he gone missing or is he just uh, in trouble? I'm going to say missing. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's because people are looking for him under the wrong last name. It could be people are looking for him under the wrong last name. From there, we smash cut to another talking head with Grant Haynes, P.I., who was hired by Dr. Baron Richards and is also reading from cue cards. And keeps sporad- and is talking about all the evidence that he's got against Frank DeMonico, who this video is apparently addressed to, and keeps sporadically and you know inexplicably raising his sunglasses to make eye contact with he the camera. Does. It's oh my god! Like it's never it's, like it's such a um, oh god! What was the old like the pickup trick book the the, oh. me- the game the method the so- me- yeah 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 something the like pickup that artist guy yeah but like the one of like. Like you've got to like choose your moments of eye contact. Well, his choosing of moments of eye contact is guy in a pickup truck with opinions about gas prices, mm-hmm. like sunglasses, and then he'll raise his glasses to really punctuate this point. And his video is better than one of those pickup truck ones because this is clearly like deposition video or security cam because yeah. it's black and white. It's got the resolution uh, lines in it. It's got the timestamp in the upper corner and it's shot clearly on a cell phone in portrait style. Yep. It's like... Straight down the middle, mohawk of an image. Yeah, it's more vertical than horror than yeah, square. Except that they put classic VHS effects what? and timestamping sure. on a fucking iPhone video. Well, it was available. <laughs> Myself, I don't hurt others if I can help it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Grant and several others 
saw the doctor commit all these crimes. Yeah, they know where the bodies are buried. We're coming for you, Dr. DeMonico. Dr. Demon. Demon. Demonico. Demonico. But he has, like, the same delivery issues as the Jack West reporter. It's just like, we've seen everything that's out there. Sort of like mm-hmm. pausing for the uh, the cue cards or like the little document to refresh, so I can get to the yeah. next thing. I get not to go back to supernatural, but imagine a less believable version of Ghost Facers. Oh, Ghost Facers, so good. Yeah, and then we cut to yet another talking head because you know what's the best time to introduce new characters. The last five minutes mm-hmm. of your movie. An epilogue is when you really want to get every other character you've been thinking of out in your movie. Yeah. And your epilogue should be probably the last quarter of your movie. Totally. Full of new characters uh-huh, uh-huh. summarizing previously on this experience. But not pushing the for- the story forward, or let alone concluding it. Oh, no, no. You're just trying to tie it up in a bow. Um it's sort of like the coda in a musical where you get all like hints of all the different songs but put together in one just giant melange. Yeah. It's a, it's a medley. Yeah. It's still one of the best throwaway lines on that entire Office TV show. Like you know the Office, the entire show the Office it was uh when they go to see uh Andy Ed Helms in Sweeney Todd and People are talking at the beginning, and uh, Craig. Um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Robinson. Craig, yeah, Craig Rob. Craig Robinson. Daryl. He, he shushes them. Shh. If we don't hear the overture, I'm not going to recognize the themes later. <laughs> <laughs> and goddamn it, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, like it's a good point. It was just so nice that somebody said it out loud. We're not going to recognize the themes when they come back around. Mm. God uh, damn it! Now I want to watch a solid musical again. I did find short tangent. Uh, sure. Ride the Cyclone. Uh, it's an indie musical. Started in Canada and it's playing in DC right now. And I gotta gotta go down and see it. I just somebody. Passed it along to me like this seems like your kind of thing, like a roller coaster. The yeah, the cyclone yeah. roller coaster. Basically, it's a like a glee club is part of a general class trip to the theme park, mm-hmm. and the show is overall hosted narrated by the um, Zoltan machine, huh. who does actually see your future, oh, but no. unfortunately, early on they realized that nobody wanted to actually hear where their life was going, so they no. reprogrammed him, so he can only. See Say, you're going to enjoy the concession stand. Why not ride the cyclone? <laughs> and Secret is like, oh, but I see how you all die. Yeah. I know how every one of you dies. And so this, uh, the, the, these five members from the Glee Club ride the cyclone, die in an accident, and are now trapped and are basically told, you're all just here in the way station until you move forward, except we've got one exception. If you can come to a unanimous vote, one of you gets to live. Ooh. But it has to be unanimous. Oof. It's a fun show. <laughs> that sounds good. It's, it's real. It's it's dark. It's funny. Yeah. It's, I, I, I completely good. fell for it. And there, there's a touring company that's doing DC right now, so I'm going to go check that out. No, that sounds awesome. Good musicals. Good musicals. Yeah. So, our last talking head 
is, uh, I believe it's the actor that played Maitland in uh, Amityville in Space. And he is talking about his sister having gone missing and her husband, who is suspected. He appears to be, he mentions a reference, he references gaming at the beginning. So I think this is just his Twitch stream. Okay. And uh, so that's why, I'm assuming this is why he doesn't introduce who he is. He never names who his sister is Mm -hmm. or anything, because even though he's asking for help the entire time. Also portrait style. Also portrait style. (laughs) And uh, he talks for about two minutes about his missing sister, who used to see Dr. Frank DeMonico. And, uh, oh, and then the movie's over. Yeah, and then it just uh, immediately cuts to directed by Will Colazzo, and then we're done. We're so done. I thought this was hilariously bad. Like this was just every wrong choice being every every wrong choice every over wrong choice and over. It was I, I just I thought it was a scream. Um, I wanted to. That's fair. It's weird that like normally I'm the more forgiving. I'm not forgiving anything. I just no, but I'm usually the one who's like, let me find something to like here. Yeah, I I was very pleasantly surprised at how much I was enjoying it. I think it's because something was happening that was wrong or bad in every single moment of the film. Never boring. Yeah, it was never boring. It was just so like there was no just long stretches of well, we're just driving around. There were no there were no driving scenes in this movie. There were no driving scenes. Okay, points there. I just like it, uh, other than the credits, which they're credits. So yeah, yeah what else? Um, no, I, I just thought it was like it's it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It is like it is nonsensical. It is poorly explained, but something is always happening, and it's hilarious. I think after Christmas last week, Christmas was genuinely good. It was a it was it's delightful. So weird. I it. went I went back and Did I you watched, watch it again. No, I watched some of his other videos and oh, they're yeah. just as sweet and adorable. The, like the, the, it's all those cat things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he did a very meowy Halloween, oh. and just like the Christmas when he had the Ernest Saves Christmas, he, um, one of the factors in the meowy Halloween is pure Hungarian meow. Oh, nice. Like. And there's he peppers him with Peruvian Hungarian hmm okay yeah but like they are they're just they're sweet okay I'm no, like I really they're nice I, like little comfort candies like like everything in like Christmas was as amateurish an effort as this movie was, but everything made sense. Like everything there made was sense. continuity, there was character work, there were you could tell that they anything that was coming off stupid or silly was an active choice for it to come right. off stupid. Or silly. They were going for everything they did. Yes. And, and they were hitting a lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah. I I, I God, I just enjoyed it, and I like the other videos he's doing too. Oh, so cool, we found a new, you know, yeah. I found a new channel to subscribe to. Fair. Um, yeah, I did not enjoy this one that much. That's I weird. literally had a vasectomy this week, and I'm not sure if they. You had a vasectomy this week? Yeah. Okay. And I'm not sure that they waited enough to, long enough for the painkillers to set in. Mm. And this movie was still more painful for me. 
I wish I was kidding. So so it's on but, YouTube if you guys want to watch it. I mean, the movie. <laughs> the movie. Yeah. My procedure was This kept explains off that video that you sent to me on my phone. I I mean, I, I, I'm still not enjoying it, but at least I understand. <laughs> but at least you know what the I understand was. what the context is now. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that little bit was the cost of a college education. No. Yeah. <sighs> But anyway, that's uh, how we. That's how I know I can afford the rest of these Amityville movies moving forward. Whew. Which uh, uh, currently we got like two more. One, one is legit, quote unquote legit, and the other is going to be a weird surprise for you guys, as mm-hmm. it was for us. Yep. Uh, there are two that we have not been able to track down because I don't believe they're actually released yet, but they it? have release dates set. Okay. Air quote according to IMDb, but is that Bigfoot and Resurgence? Oh no, those are still TBD. Oh shit! Uh, the two that have not come out. Uh, there was, and again, I don't know if it's going to qualify as a feature film or not. So I'm not like. We're trying to make sure that they hit us at least a bare minimum half hour running time. Yeah. Ideally, we wanted a, an hour or more, but Christmas we just yeah. jumped in. Um, but there is Amityville Poo, the Killer Poop Two. Let's just not do that. Um, I'm fine with that because it's a different <laughs> franchise trying to crib in, um, and I don't. I'm not convinced that it's going to be feature length or any of that. Good. So let's let's say it's that. Yeah. Uh, the other one was similar to <laughs> that, Jesus and Christ. both of them are basically sus. So. Uh-huh. We know for a fact the other two. Amityville Scarecrow well, is a movie. Yeah, that that one's going to be next week. And then Amityville Gas Chamber after that. Yeah, uh, which... Don't worry. No, no, no. That, don't, don't, yeah. don't tell any... Don't say anything else about anything. Gas Chamber. That Let's is our about, season finale our season before we enough. jump into our next detour. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Bigfoot is... It's the Phillips movie. crew. Like, is that the one with Eric Roberts? Or is yes. that Resurgence? Because uh, Bigfoot, I believe, is the one that has Eric Roberts, and it's the Sean Phillips crew. Although he's apparently in multiple crews now, so... Eric Roberts is going to be in a movie that we're going to watch. Another one. Oh, was he was in one of the earlier ones. It was the one where they had that he was doing the tarot readings and he was voicing it over. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. You're yeah, right, but yeah, I think yeah, was yeah. that that was one of the Polonia ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember the Druid outfit. Right. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, like putting in the same amount of bathroom voiceover <laughs> recording work that he put into a talking cat. A talking cat. Eric Roberts, what's going on, buddy? Talk, call me. Help. Oh no, we'll figure he's out. he's getting cameo plus level of money to be in these. Like he he literally like a talking cat. I think he took a half hour at most and sure. just recorded in his bathroom at his house his entire role and probably got a couple grand out of it. If you know how to set that scam up and people are paying yeah. it, go for it. You're right. You're right. You're and, right. And, I mean, cameo is a thing, but you can't use those in movies without special permission. But, like, for Christmas, I got my niece a cameo video from Chris Sarandon. Oh, no. 
guys. Yeah. She's so doing like a Jack Skellington. Uh, well, I'd asked originally if like you could do a Jack Skellington, but he introduced himself. I'm the voice of Jack Skellington and then did a little bit for it. But uh, for those of you at home, my niece, uh, she's six and she is obsessed with Nightmare Before Christmas. She writes letters to Jack Skellington year round <laughs> and she does understand that it's a movie. Um, but yeah, I got to for Christmas. I got her a video from Jack and she's probably going to appreciate it more years down the road. Yeah. Because it wasn't actually Jack there. It was the guy who just played Jack in that movie. But the real Jack is out there. Fair. Yeah. No, that's legit. That's legit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Chris Sarandon's awesome. He's so nice. Yeah. I was watching uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind last night. He's like, oh, Chris Sarandon. I didn't realize he was in that. Uh, Yeah, he's Uma Thurman's uh, right-hand dude. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, Worth I... watching. Yeah. Nasuka. No. I like the Miyazaki's... Uh, like, I like Studio Ghibli. Uh, or Ghibli? Ghibli. Ghibli. But um, I've heard it so many different ways over the years. That's fair. Yeah. But I just never tend to look at the voice cast on them. Well, it's just you You, you recognize it. Like, you, you hear him. It's, for some reason, I check out. I just... I'm, like, sucked into the movies. Like, even... Like, I remember, like, Ponyo seeing that. And I don't remember who was... Voice cast in that, yeah. it's it's delightful. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. But um, I remember like reading the credits and like, yeah, that was okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, yep, I can hear it now. But like, yeah, for some reason, I just get sucked right in and I just forget thinking about the cast. Fair. Yeah, it's always fun when uh, you gotta find somebody at the right moment of movie watching for when it's like uh, they've seen Spirited Away. And you gotta wait for them to see like a couple more movies, and then you reveal that Chihiro is Samara in the ring. This Deve Chase play is the voice of Chihiro in the American dub of uh, uh, Spirited Away, and she played uh, the littlest Darko in uh, Donnie Darko, but also plays the not monster version of Samara in the ring. Never would have placed that. No. Absolutely never would have placed that. This is why you keep me around. Right. This is what we both we both tidbit the shit out of each other. Exactly, exactly. But so next week will be Scarecrow. They yeah. made a sequel. The week after that God, is the Abbeville Mrs. King. They made Yeah, that was hilarious and for one person. <laughs> who was sitting on the couch next to me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> They made a sequel to Amityville Scarecrow. This is not the first direct sequel. No. The Clown House guys. They they they, they did sequels. They Space sequels. was arguably a direct sequel. Same priest. Yeah. Christ Almighty. Mm. <laughs> but the Passion of the Amityville. You haven't seen that yet. Let's not. Let's just not. Yeah. Can we get Mel Gibson to make an Amityville? No. <laughs> no. No good will come of this. And we're already talking about... Define <coughs> good. Let's not will any of this into existence. If it happens, we will sit through it. But we don't have to put a summoning spell out there for this. I mean... Like and subscribe to Charge. Get out! If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com.